coffee. Wake up. It's time for coffee. It's time for two hours of caffeinated sports talk. It's time for the Nick Brown Show on ESPN 97.7. Good morning. Welcome to the Nick Brown Show. Certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. There's a lot of places you can go for your entertainment. Now, you've come to the right place. We've got John Tabor. The bearded one. I think he owns, like, either a weird T-shirt that he wears in here or a Simsboro Tiger shirt. He's, like, the leader. Make him alumni of the year. And, then of course, we've got a special guest back in the house. You sent so many texts last weekend that, that I had to go pull the donut man off the, off the unemployment line. He's, he's back. He's like, wait a minute, no, but it's great to be back in, and I'll tell you what, we actually, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, because I know you always say that, you guys, you guys don't miss me. <laughs> we we actually did miss you last week. Nick, Nick was missing you last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's why I got so many phone calls of, I need your help, I need your help, I can't do all these uh, it was like it was like fifty or sixty days. We just told you in baseball. Well, that that was the thing. It was the one week you're not here. Yeah, the text line just blew up. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get, get no text. We'll get five today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna and a lot of great topics. And plus, we're gonna talk uh, uh, SEC quarterbacks. I really look forward to uh, talking that. And uh, of course, we'll be in, in our copy of Lindy's magazine. You know, no no Lynn Scarborough, but we'll have a copy of Lindy's. We're gonna break down the SEC quarterbacks. And really, is this going to be a year? And the upswing in Southeastern Conference quarterbacks. Now, we'll talk, you know, because in the years, in the, in the past years, it's been really down. And I've, I've said it before, and not saying it because the Donut Man is back uh, today, but I think that the best quarterback coach in, in the conference is in Starkville, Mississippi. And, and I've said that over a couple of years, because if you look what has gone on at other schools, even LSU, Auburn, even Nick Saban at Alabama, they rely on a transfer quarterback. And it's interesting because I would think that uh, at the time that Mark Rick spent in Athens, Georgia, that really, uh, you look at the quarterbacks that came out of the University of Georgia. And it's going to be interesting to see if that can continue. You've got Eason certainly going to be uh, one of the top QBs in the SEC for his sophomore season. And that's one thing we were talking about Thursday. And I mean, it may even go down that route with ticket prices. My head's still blown that uh, Notre Dame and Georgia, most expensive ticket in all of college football. And and we may may look at that uh, just for a minute. But I want to talk just for a second, something to go down memory lane. And I certainly should hear from you on this. Now, now years ago, a baseball career began, and and actually the team that the Donut Man and I are fortunate enough to coach along with uh, Benny Hennon, we're going to begin play. Finally, we'll we'll start play after it seems like six months of practice. And it's interesting because yesterday was the day that I got to pass out the uniforms. And it was a a flashback, okay? It was a flashback to uh, when I began the, the baseball career of one Nick Brown began. And what I want to talk about this morning is your actual uniform numbers. Uh, do you remember them? Because I, I think you do. And it goes back to any sport that uh, you played. I want to know what your jersey number, 
your uniform number was and how that number came to be. And I'm going to share with you a couple of stories this morning about uniform numbers because they've always been, especially you're a sports person, you remember that jersey number. You remember the favorite jersey. Have you already got a text in this morning? I do. Russell from Homer says, John Tabor, Donut Man, Nick Brown, Triple Threat, Big Three. I, I like that. We're going to be called the Triple Threat. A triple threat. Also, he was number nine in baseball. Interesting. Appreciate it, Russell. Thanks for listening. Homer was out your way uh, uh, yesterday, actually. I can tell you that all the fish in your area are safe because I couldn't bring one in. So, there you go, Homer. Congratulations. out, Russell out and Homer. You can go catch all the fish. But interesting, the first organized sport that I ever played was for what was minor league baseball. Now, interesting, in Jackson, Alabama, there there were no tees, okay? There was no tee balls. You were catching fastballs in the chin when you were, you know, of that age. I, I can remember one of the pitchers that nobody wanted to face was a guy by the name of Randy Gibson. And we talk about going back and looking up people on Facebook. I really have no desire to look up Randy well, Gibson. Was he, was he Jackson, Alabama's Patrick Ramsey? <laughs> yeah, he, he could bring it. You know, and it, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, here's the thing. Just throw hard. I mean, his dad was like, just throw hard, son. You know, it didn't matter where it was going. I'm like, can we get a reinforced helmet? You know, so it was no coach pit. I mean, Tabor, I'm saying, like, we're, we're young. I'm talking about, like, maybe T-ball yeah, yeah, pitching. But me. Even at seven and eight, we knew who the best boys in town were. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. We, we knew who you could who you could hit and who, who had junk and who would just throw it by you. Yeah. And, and for me here in Ruston – it was Ivan Wilson, and I'm not talking about the young Ivan Wilson. His dad. His dad. <laughs> and it was because he could throw about 95 miles an hour, but you never knew where that baseball was going. And he would look at me when I come to bat. He'd give me that old smile and go, Ivan, if you hit me. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and he did, usually. You trotted down the first. I, I, no, no, no you I, lived. Cr- I limped down the first. <laughs> I limped and cried down the first. And that's one thing I think now you look, because you go T-ball, five and six, and then you go pitching machine, seven and eight. But the first uniform number, and people say, you know, you're partial to Jeeps. Yeah, I am partial to Jeeps. The official vehicle of the Nick Brown Show is a printed Dodge and Jeep. But it was funny because Anderson Motor Company, and that's why I tell people when they sponsor, you sponsor the Nick Brown Show, you sponsor a league team, okay? It sticks with people. Anderson Motor Company sold Jeeps. In Alabama? In Alabama. And so I've always been partial to Jeeps. The first organized sport team I ever played on was uh, was the Anderson Motor Company that sold Jeeps. I'm going to go about how – what my number was uh, that year. We're going to go to Mike and Monroe via the Magnolia State. And, Mike, all the sports that you played, you probably had 78 different uniform numbers. Which one was your favorite? <laughs> hey, how y'all doing this morning? Man, doing great. How about yourself? Oh, man. I, I, man, I, unfortunately, I did not play baseball. Like I, I told y'all guys in the past, I, I started liking the game. I couldn't stand the game. Like, so it was my first organized sport was middle school, of course, football. But that first year was the most amazing year because I was new to everything. It was like the kid from the movie Satellite. It was, I was new to everything. So my, my, my first year playing, I didn't get a chance to make what, what the equivalent back then was the varsity team. I didn't get a chance to make the A team. It, it was called the A team and the B team. I made the B team. I was heartbroken. I was like, man, I, you know, first year playing or whatever. Made the B team. My first number was 77. 
And I stuck with that number the entire time. I was in middle school, and uh, and actually when I got to high school, I stuck with that number. Well, my first year in middle school, we won the city championship. We were undefeated and uh, all that. And the, and the head coach at the time treated us to free tickets to Jackson State playing Grambling. Well, that was my first. It was my first college football game at Memorial Veterans Memorial Stadium. And all, I mean, the first thing. And uh, the kids were saying, my friends were saying, we're going to play the G Men. We're going. To, I didn't know who the job started with some government agents. I, mean, I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> "What's going on here?" I was, yeah, I was like, "Man, look, I, I was acting like I knew, like I was one." I, but a lot of my friends played Pop Warner. They knew the great Eddie Robinson and the whole nine. It was a day game. I'll never forget. It was the larger than life for me game. And I was watching a uh, black guy, you know, over there with a suit on and a, and a tie having linemen run in with the plays back when we were playing, I was like, that was strange. He had linemen that would run in and, and call the plays. And, I mean, they, they beat Jackson State that day, but that was the first time I was introduced to the G-Man, the first time I was introduced to the whole, you know, college scene. And it, and it went from that, man. It just it took off, and I said that was my first love. And it, was, it, made, it made a difference in my life. That is, that is awesome. Now, in your collegiate high school days, did 77 stay with you? I always stayed with me, man. I, I had to stay with me when I went to high school. I was fortunate enough to get the number, uh, play with that number, man. And, uh, and and I finally changed my first year at ULM back then. It was Northeast because they changed my position. They moved me to defensive line. I was an offensive lineman all through middle school, all through high school. Played a little D-line, you know, both ways in high school, all through junior college. Uh, played the offensive guard, offensive tackle. Got to ULM my first year. Hey, we're going to move you to nose guard. We'll you give you nine and one. I'm like, oh my goodness. So you know, my first year at ULM, I played uh, defensive tackle, little special team. And after then, I just couldn't. I just love offensive line. I couldn't stand defense. I, it's kind of crazy, but I I thought to to me that's the thinking man's position. You don't get any fanfare. You get the respect of your players, your own, your your peers more so than. You know, you make a mistake, everybody knows. You, you move, you know, you're holding the whole nine. So I went back to the offensive line, and I changed my number to 71. So I had 71 here at ULM uh, my last few years in college. Man, that is uh, certainly uh, awesome, but did not play baseball. But now you, you like baseball a lot more now. Oh, man, I, I love baseball. I mean, I I, was, I, kick, I can kick myself because I didn't start even liking the game until uh, – and even liking the game, so I was in high school, and it was just a boring game to me. And, and like I, I think I stated in the past, my history teacher was the head baseball coach in high school, and I really liked the guy. He really, you know, just to, to, from the class aspect. And we started talking about baseball, and he started educating me on the game. And I think with anything, if you're not educated on it, you really know how. You really don't know how much you like it or dislike it. You got to be educated on it and actually give it a chance. I got educated on the game. I gave it a chance. And, you know, of course, the Cubs was the first team I really started focusing on. I couldn't focus on Atlanta or any other team. It was the Cubs, and it's a wrap, man. It's been like this since the early 80s. So I'm I, knew, I knew that was the reason why we liked you, Mike. Oh, well, I was, yeah. Well, he's from Mississippi. He likes the Cubs. You know, the Magnolia State. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike's actually the triple threat. We like him for more than just one reason. <laughs> Man, I appreciate y'all, man. Really appreciate y'all a lot, man. Y'all have a nice day. Hey, you do the same, and we always appreciate you calling in, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Hey, Mike. All right, man.
Yeah, I think Mike shares that, you know, the sentiment. Uh, a lot of kids now, you know, there's some people that don't like baseball, but what we're talking about, we're not just talking about baseball, we're talking about football numbers as well. But a lot of them grow up, now they like it uh, at later on. Well, the, the thing I took away from that was that he took the time to learn the game. It's like, you know, the, uh, you know I, I've, I've always had a – I didn't play ball growing up, but I enjoy watching it. You know, let me figure out, what you know, not, not just what they're doing, but why. And you you can see that. I mean, there. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. You, you can see people, and and when you play your league, you play your league eight, nine, nine, ten. You know, you're really teaching when to run. You know, ball four. You're already working with that with a five year old. You know, Brett just watching a game. But there's some guys that, that don't uh, understand the game. That's one thing you're learning. You're teaching like what's a force out. When do you have to tag them? That type of situation. Teaching the game. But with Anderson Motor Company, we were orange and white. And I can remember because I really wanted number one. And they grabbed this uh, uniform, and really wasn't very good the first year. I was the uh, I locked down right field that first year, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget. No balls were ever hit uh, to right field except for one, and we had the lone girl on our team. And I can remember the ball was hit between us, and I let it fall. And Dad said, "What were you doing?" I said, "I was being nice. I wanted to let the girl <laughs> catch." The- <laughs> so anyway, but when they passed out the jersey, it was. Uh, Number, I thought it was number one, and I was excited. It, but it was folded. When the jersey became unfolded, it was number 11. And I'm like, who wears number 11? Nobody. So, yeah, didn't want number 11. I wore number 11, and I've never worn it since. But then the next year, and we move up to the Losing Lions, also orange and blue, was the smallest guy, gave me number one. Now, you wore that number for four years. It's not like, uh, you know, now in, in Ruston, it's a new North Louisiana. It's a new uniform every year. Okay, you had the uniform, and this patch was sewn on. You turned it in at the end of the year, and then the next year, you got that number again. So you go look, in the fourth year, you put on the same team for four years, number one. It's barely covering the body because I didn't finally hit what little growth spurt there was. But I was number one, Okay. And then you moved on to Dixie Boys Baseball, and that's when you talk about Mike. We talk about the Cubs and the Braves. And what we're talking about this morning on the Nick Brown Show is uniform numbers. We're going to talk SEC quarterbacks. But I'm talking about the numbers that you wear because yesterday, passing out the uniform numbers. And we have a story. I won't tell you the name, but it's funny. There's one guy really wanted this one number, but he, but he thought it was one digit off. And I said, no, I got, I got the numbers that you guys said, you know. But it had been folded, kind of like my number 11. He goes, oh, I'm good now. Got that number. And I said, you know what? There's a radio show in that. You know, because the numbers, there's a meaning behind it. Well, when I went, got older, Dale Murphy and the Atlanta Braves, we'd make, in fact, every July 4th, we would go to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Chief Nakahoma, who was later, you know, politically incorrect. One year they had Princess Nakahoma. That was incredible. But they took the TP down from Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. But I got to meet Dale Murphy. Now, Dale Murphy was the catcher for the Atlanta Braves. He was a catcher. And every time he came up and threw to second base, the ball went to center field. So, Atlanta Braves coaching staff got the bright idea. Wait a minute. Why don't we put Dale Murphy in center field? And Dale Murphy wore number three. So, I started wearing number three. Loved it. Loved number three. 
Now, went back to number one in high school because number three was taken. But it's interesting, then you start coaching. And the first year of coaching, you know how all the coaches, and I'm not picking on you here, their sons normally are number one. So that year that we had that big disagreement when you cheated in a pitching machine game, <laughs> that uh, my wife said, you know what, you're not going to give RJ number one. So I didn't. And you're not going to bat him first. So we bat, hit him last. Well, somewhere, and I've never shown my son any pictures, and I never even asked him why, he chose number three. And I, I've never shown him any pictures of me playing ball wearing number three. So after the showdown, I'm going to ask him how he chose number three. But that's what he wears. But it's interesting. I want to hear from you your uniform number and why you chose that number. Because our numbers are significant. That There's a favorite ball player or either their dad or our grandparent. Somebody wore that uniform number. But it's amazing to watch. Or maybe you chose that number because of a favorite professional player. But there's a reason why. And I'm already five minutes past the first break. My apologies to uh, John Tabor. But we're going strong this morning. Want to hear from you on the H to Go Paddle text line. That is 888-993-7762. Want to hear about it on the H to Go hotline. You can call just like Mike did, Mike and Monroe, talking about uniform numbers. Your number 77. Got to go see that government agency. Got to see the G-Men. I bet Mike was like freaking out. Like, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I know what. So uh, we want to hear from you this morning. Nick Brown Show is brought to you every Saturday morning by the great folks at Chevron Fast Lube on Tech Drive. They're the official Fast Lube of the Nick Brown Show. Come by and see Michael Broadway. Hey, he's a Cub fan. Take care of your car. It will take care of you. They're more than just an oil change. And by the way, they have coffee in the waiting area. We'll be right back with more of the Nick Brown Show on ESPN 97.7 FM. Have you ever gone to the beach and rented a stand-up paddleboard? Well, I have. Well, now you can have your very own stand-up paddleboard because you can get it at H2Go Paddle, located in Antique Alley in West Monroe. You can see their website at h2gopaddle.com. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at H2Go Paddle. They have all the accessories to go with your stand-up paddleboard. They feature inflatable boards as well as a traditional hardboard. That's H2Go Paddle. It's great exercise. Get in shape in the new year. Get out on the water and visit H2Go go paddle our fourth of july sales event is going on now at brennan dodge with huge discounts and great financing options now through july 5th take advantage of savings like four thousand off 16 jeep wranglers 6500 in rebates on 17 ram 1500 crew bighorn four thousand in rebates on 17 ram 2500 crew diesel or gas 3750 in rebates on 17 grand cherokee and five thousand in rebates on 17 chargers there may be other rebates you qualify for, so call for details and don't miss our 4th of July sales event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. The first step to getting your driver's license or driving permit is Head Start Driving School in Ruston. Serving Lincoln, Bienville, Webster, Jackson, Union, and Claiborne Parishes. Call Head Start Driving School in Ruston today, 245-6566, 245-6566. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camp, bike, paddle, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer, from the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountainwood to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. 
This is the Nick Brown Show on ESPN Radio 97.7. Get in the game by calling 888-993-7762. Email nickbrownshow at suddenlink.net. Or get social on the Nick Brown Show Facebook page. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. Certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. Glad you're a part of the show. And what we're talking about today on the Nick Brown Show is uniform numbers. Now, what number did you wear growing up, and why did you choose that number? And it really doesn't matter what sport it is. It could be football, basketball, baseball. In fact, we've already got Robert from Ruston, and Robert says he chooses number seven for baseball growing up because it was Mickey Mantle's number, and then he chose 33 in basketball because it was Larry Bird's number. Now, what is interesting about that is obviously you know sports that – Mickey Mantle and uh, Larry Bird, nowhere near the same time frame of playing. So initially, he went back and uh, chose uh, Mickey Mantle, obviously, from what he had read or seen or heard about from a parent or grandparent. But he brought up basketball. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we're talking about numbers today. And I wore number three. Wore number one, number three. Had uh, had 11 uh, one year, the uh, Anderson Motor Company. But Anderson Motor Company won the championship. To the first year, played baseball, won the championship. And you look, though, you talk about basketball. Basketball didn't make the team, was actually the manager. And uh, a guy by the name of uh, Roger Kite, one of the reasons I went into coaching, Roger Kite actually quit the team. And the coach said, well, you can play. We got room for you. So I went into a big box of jerseys and chose 32. (laughs) I mean, so if you reach in and grab a number, so we're 32 in basketball. And end up switching to three. Uh, in basketball as well. But it's funny, the numbers that we wear, why that number was chosen. And interesting, uh, I want to hear that uh, this morning. What number you wore in sports and why did you choose that number? Now, it was very interesting uh, yesterday passing out jerseys for, for an all-star team that's getting ready to play. And as you went through and, like, one uh, one of the players on the team, you know, couldn't – not sure if we had his number or not. And it was almost, it, it looked almost like a panic-stricken moment, but it ended up, ended up finding the correct number. It was just folded, you know, so he folded so he couldn't read the number. What is correct, but it, it's really interesting. And a lot of them choose them based on professional players from today. I mean, they do. They, they choose that based on the players that are playing. But in some, in some they're just a random number why they choose that number. Now, you talked about high school football. You wore number 11. 11, the, the number that I have with uh, Anderson Motor Company. That's right. Yeah, more kind and the, the reason I wore that number is there was an incredibly good, when I was a freshman, the senior player, his name was Jimbo, I can't remember his last name, but he was the star. I mean, he was the big-time defensive player, and at the time I was a defensive back, so I wanted that number. There you go. We've got uh, Justin on the Ace to Go Paddle Hotline. Good morning, Justin. How are you? Ah well, guys. Look, uh, when I was when I was when I first started playing ball, uh, I guess probably in '93, um, McGuire was hitting tons of home runs, and I was I was never a big guy, so obviously I was you know I wanted to be a bigger guy and hit home runs like that. So when I started playing ball, I chose number 25, and uh, I've always been a Cardinals fan. In '96, when they brought him on, it just the stars aligned, but. Yeah, I wore a 25 in baseball, and then when I started playing football, I'd always had 25, so I just kept it. 
I, I, see, I like that. Consistency, <laughs> Justin. Consistency is the key. Certainly the stars align. McGuire came to play for the Cardinals. I like that. You kept the same number for both sports. That is that is yes, awesome. Indeed. That is that is what we're here. Now, did you ever did you ever hit a home run? Uh, a couple inside the parkers, but never never over the fence. <laughs> hey, that's okay. It goes in the book as a home run, man. I don't think that's right. There you go. Well, Justin, man, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for calling in. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Twenty. I like that. See, That's kept it consistent. Yeah. Went with football. Didn't change his number. Bet he was really happy when uh, McGuire went to the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean, and favorite player that you pick it in and go there. So that's 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 really neat and, and good here. That's what I'm looking for this morning. Yeah, that's what you see because numbers mean something. In fact, I guarantee you, these guys that are calling in and texting. Not that we advocate doing this. The views, I don't recommend getting anybody's <laughs> PIN number. But I bet you go to Justin's ATM card, probably 25, <laughs> 25. 25. <laughs> I have a funny story for you, Nick, on numbers. My oldest son, Michael, was a quarterback at Ruston High. And there was a friend of his, I won't call his name, but his number all through baseball, football, whatever he did, was the number 10. He had to have number 10. Well, again, as I said, as a freshman michael was a starting quarterback at the high school so he always got to choose his number first he would choose number 10 because this kid had his dad had plenty of money he would make that kid pay him 50 dollars to get his number back and michael would get 50 bucks from him every every year to get his number 10 but you know and here i know the kids but you know he really wanted that number 10 and wanted to wear that jersey that is something and good make a little money in the process it was interesting because we're talking about numbers this morning on the Nick Brown Show. And what's in a number? We're going to move to SEC quarterbacks. There'll be no Lynn Scarborough today. But we certainly appreciate you keeping the text rolling in, keeping the donut man uh, occupied. He has done both his duties, read text, and brought the pillowy plump delicious daylight donuts in this morning. And they are truly phenomenal. I invite you to go by and see them. They're great friends of the Nick Brown Show. And I'll tell you, ask them about the wedding cake. Just get the wedding cake filled donut. Just get one. And you want to share it with your friends, but uh, appreciate the great folks at Daylight Donuts. But we're talking about what's in a number. And we're looking at award number three and high school baseball. And now my son is wearing number three. But I never shared that with him. And in fact, I really have no idea of why he chose number three unless he went and looked at some old scrap <laughs> scrapbooks to find it. And he may have. He may have. Now, high school football is a different story. The first football game I ever played in. Our uniforms look just like the Washington Redskins, and I've said that before, and uh, a ninth grader played out spring training. The only person in the history of school not to play in a spring game right here, so, you know, a rare company this morning. I had the jersey on backwards. I thought I was going to choke to death, but I had 44 look like John Riggins. Now, if you remember John Riggins with the Washington Redskins. The father, I didn't play the 10th grade year. Went back out the 11th grade year and chose number 87. Very interesting because... My older brother wore number 87, but he was number 80. He took a job uh, one year in between in the summer, and he took the job, and it was actually, I remember the job because he would get up early in the southwest part of Alabama. Uh, The forestry industry is huge. So he planted trees. Well, he missed the required amount of workouts. So therefore, he did not play his junior year because you missed so many workouts, but he was working. And went back out his senior year, and he went back to get number 80, and the head coach 
would not give him number 80, even though it was available, gave it to someone else, so he chose 87. So as a tribute to him in football, I wore number 87. And it's interesting, but that same coach that didn't give him 80 is the same one that didn't play me in the spring game. So after my sophomore year, he was relieved of his duties. And so, so, and so then I went back out. But, but interesting, wore number 87. And you remember that. You know, you, you remember that, the number that you wore, and it's significant. I mean, you could look at probably half the people that call in and text in, and they're probably now going to change their PIN number, any kind of password that they have, they have that number. So what we're talking about this morning on the Nick Brown Show is numbers, and it got some, uh, and it got some numbers. So we're going to go to Twitter now. i got to show the Donut Man how to read Randy coming in on Twitter. We're going to get to that. 24 and 25 for Willie Mays and Bobby Bonds. And today is Bobby Mania Day. I'm going to go over that in just a minute. One of the uh, best contracts ever written for him. You, you know what I'm talking about. You, you read my mind. I was just wondering, is he still getting paid? Today, he got, I think, a payment. We're going to stick around. You want to have an agent. Just stick around. I'm going to amaze you with some facts in just a minute, but I'm out of coffee, and the coffee's going to trump me sharing that great fact with you. Nick Brown Show is brought to you every Saturday morning by the great folks at Dubach Air and Heat. That's Jay and Melanie Martin. That's right, Dubach Air and Heat. Keep your air and heat running great, and the best thing about them, you know, Nick Brown Show is on the air every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. Well, Jay and Melanie Martin, when they say they're going to be there at your house, a rare thing these days. They show up, and they show up on time. You're not going to miss a day of work waiting on the great folks at Dubach Air and Heat to show up. That's Dubach Air and Heat, the official air and heat of the Nick Brown Show. We'll be right back after this break. Sexton Animal Health Center in Ruston serves your pet and you, providing high-quality pet health and wellness services to assist your pet in living a longer, happier, and healthier life, and providing you with access to leading-edge products, services, and educational content to enhance the bond with your pet. Sexton Animal Health Center is a full-service veterinary medical facility, providing the best possible medical, surgical, digital radiology, and dental care for their patients. And ask about pet daycare and boarding, too. Sexton Animal Health Center, 1628 East Kentucky in Ruston. Become a friend on Facebook to receive the latest news and updates. You depend on your vehicle to keep you on the road, but who do you trust to keep it running smoothly? Your Chevron neighborhood pit crew at Chevron Fast Lube. Drive right up and we'll take care of the rest. Relax in our comfortable waiting area while certified Chevron technicians perform an 18-point service check. Within minutes, you'll have the results, followed by the quality service you need to get you back on the road quickly and with confidence. Quality, confidence, trust. You can depend on it at your neighborhood Chevron Fast Lube. Tech Drive in Ruston. 
Every bank talks about relationships. You know, stopping at the bank, meeting face-to-face. -face. Now, customers don't have time. They want speed and convenience. That's why Bancorp South has taken our customer relationships to new levels with banking solutions fit for busy lives. Whether it's using our online banking, text banking, or our mobile app, you can get the banking relationship you want with the convenience you need. It's just another way Bancorp South is right where you are. See how we can serve you at BancorpSouth.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Warm weather and longer days are here. Get outside and onto the water on a boat stand-up paddleboard from H to Go. Fitness, fun, fishing, or yoga, we have a board for you. Our boats stand apart. Check out the boards at the H to Go Board Shop located at 2814 DeSoto Street in Monroe or call 318-372-8801. Follow us on Instagram at h 2 go underscore paddle. That's h 2 go underscore paddle. It's time to h 2 go And the Nick Brown Show. You can't beat it. You can call us at 888-993-7762. Email sports at ESPN977.com. And become a fan of the Nick Brown Show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. Certainly appreciate you waking up early on this Saturday morning. In case you're wondering, the coffee today, I didn't go with a cafe special. We didn't go with a hazelnut. We didn't go with southern pecan. A little mild today, a little mellow, a little breakfast blend from community. Certainly a, a great cup of coffee. And just in case you're wondering, yes, I did make the coffee again uh, this morning. And yes, the clock is still an hour behind. So although it's 8.34 at your house, it's 8.35, well, it's just 7.35 here in the ESPN studio. So maybe that guy that knows how to adjust the clock will will make his way into the studio, and when he does, I'll teach him how to make some coffee. It's the guy that can reach it, Nick. <laughs> yeah, who, who? we're all vertically challenged here. At uh, I, think, I think I usually get Cooper to climb up and, there. And so now they've got a, a clock hidden at the top of the ceiling that nobody can reach. And so we're going to be an hour behind until... Well, leave it that a 70-year-old man is more limber than I am to get up there to, <laughs> to change well, it. Well, wait, it'll be right in November, right? Isn't that when... <laughs> That's what I said. Just just wait another couple more. We're halfway there already. That's exactly right. Uh, interesting you heard the fight song from Mississippi State. And, and Tabor's actually in a good mood this morning, I guess, because of delicious pillowy pluff they like donuts. He has not given the donut man one ounce of grief. You know, the last was, time you were in. Yeah, the last yeah, time you were I, in. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, the last time you were in. You know, here's the deal. I, I know that other things have gone on, but uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that. But we could just say it coincided with the fact that you came into our studio <laughs> in North Louisiana and you had maroon. I, I wish we would have had the Facebook Live he camera. Had the, up. He had the shoes. He had maroon. You only thing missing He's not was a cowbell. You were marooned out from head to toe. The shirt, the shoes, the cap, everything, because you were going to Baton Rouge for a super regional, and you were going to take down LSU. And I'm going to tell you that after LSU won the super regional, I've known John Taylor no, for eight years. After LSU swept 
Super Regional. Yeah, I throw, that, throw seen, that in there. I haven't seen John Tabor this giddy at the Nick Brown Show <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning since I let him know I was bringing him a wedding cake donut. And he he met me at the door. He was early. Okay, for those of you that don't realize this, this is a well-oiled machine at ESPN. We actually make our way into the studio at 7.59, 30 seconds past the hour, although it shows 6.59, 30 seconds past the hour, and we hit play, and we come into your Facebook feed app radio. John Tabor was early for work that Saturday morning, and he said, not good morning, Nick. How are you? Can I make coffee for you? Do you have the donuts? His first words were, where's the donut man? I'm like, what? Not because he was looking for donuts, no. I can promise oh, no, you. no, no. <laughs> he said, what? He says, I am going to rip him a new one. <laughs> and you notice today I'm wearing my blue Cook Baptist t-shirt. Yes. I had no hat. I'm going bald. I was expecting a full reaming today from Tabor. Nah, nah. He's been good to me, though. He's been good to me. Oh, the, the ball team did that. <laughs> so we're talking we're talking everything this morning. We're talking uniform numbers, but I am going to get to uh, one day. And, uh, and you want to have an agent like this. Bobby Bonilla Day. Today, and for you New York Mets fans, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to go into detail on it. The contract that he signed was deferred. And some of you are going to have to look up who Bobby Bonilla actually is. Today, every July 1st, he receives a payment of $1.19 million. And get this, he's going to receive that until 2035. That's it. That's all he makes for one year? I'm a, how does he live? Yeah. I'm how does he make it on a one-year payment oh, that, of one That's brilliant, though. It's $1,193,000. Oh, Two hundred and forty-eight dollars and twenty cents. Don't forget the twenty cents. Now, this, what, what year did he sign this? I'm contract? gonna tell you. This started. The contract was signed, but it, the payment started. The deferred payment started in 2011 and will continue to 2035. Now, you ready so for basically this? Basically, for 25 you, you, years. You're ready for this. You're ready for this contract. When was this contract signed? 2000. 2000, and he waited for That's 11 brilliant. years. That's brilliant. Oh, it's more than brilliant. You know what the original contract was for? $5.9 million. He signed a $5.9 million contract, and he didn't even play that year. He signed the contract that year because they released him in January. Now, deferred payment, you ready for this? Great agent with an 8% annual interest rate. Oh, it gets even better. He's had seven payments. He's now collected $8,352,737, and don't forget the 40 cents. 18 more payments will be due. When all the payments are said and done, he would have turned $5.9 million into almost $30 million. Oh, it gets better. Bobby Bonilla might might be your role model. He also has deferred money from the Baltimore Orioles. They took a final year and a half, 95 and 96, of his first Mets contract for 
something million. They split a $12.5 million payment. So he's getting $7 million, and he's going to receive another $5.5 million from Baltimore. So he's already been paid $15.3 million in deferred money. He's got $27 million to go. Oh, oh I'm going to top it off. He's even smarter. You know where he lives? You know where Bobby Bonilla lives? Hmm. No. <laughs> Sarasota, Florida. Oh, so he's not paying any state tax. He's paying no income tax <laughs> whatsoever. So July so, so, 1st. So, so he's, he's now the second most famous person behind. Pee Wee Herman? Well, no, Pee-wee Randy, Herman. Randy Savage. Oh, I thought you were going to go Pee Wee Herman well, on me. Who well, is Pee Wee Herman? Think. George Rubin. <laughs> oh goodness, uh, he's not a he's not a fan of the wrestling like I know Macho Man. I know Randy. I know Randy Savage. So, so he's got another twenty. Would you say? <laughs> I'm twenty nine million. Unbelievable. So July first of Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. What a smart agent. He was very smart. And then to move, take the money and run, and move to Florida. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant move by Bobby Bonilla. So July 1st will always be Bobby Bonilla Day because that is a day that the deferred payments are due. Now, we started talking about uniform numbers, and we're going to continue this because I'm going to have to go to Twitter because we're you can you can follow us uh, on Twitter, you can like us on Facebook to keep up with the Nick Brown Show. You can listen to the show on your radio the way you're doing now. You can listen online at ESPN977.com. Or you can download the ESPN 97.7 app. So the Nick Brown Show will always be with you. And I tell you, we've got the most intelligent audience in all of sports radio. But interesting, I've got an audio clip that I want to share with you because I had this conversation. Now, my Big Ten friends, we'll call them acquaintances because we usually end up, it starts out great. It starts out as friends, a friendship. And then about midway through the season, they're going to make an argument that Indeed, that, that, that the Big Ten is the best conference in the land. Well, then you've got the ACC. And you know what? Really, it's amazing. Geographical oddity in North Louisiana, you will literally see every collegiate flag. You don't see that many from the ACC. And you look where are the best quarterbacks in the country. Well, for years, the SEC has been at the bottom. And I, and I give the donut man credit where credit's due because I've said this going on about three or four years now that the best quarterback coach in the SEC is in Starkville, Mississippi. Now, you'll remember last year the defense was not very good. But you remember the name Ty Grantham because he coached at the University of Georgia, uh, defense coordinator, then he went to Louisville, had some good numbers at Louisville. Well, now they've, made a, they've really made a switch. Now, you remember Mississippi State got the defense back on track, had uh, – Diaz from, uh, came over from Louisiana Tech. He's now back at the U and Miami with Mark Rick. And so the defense in Starville kind of took a turn. But this year, the defense could be crucial for Nick Fitzgerald. And you'll hear why And this audio piece talking about quarterbacks in the SEC. This is our guest from Paul Feinbaum, uh, Mike Hewley, uh, a sports writer. And he's on the Paul Feinbaum show talking about quarterbacks in the SEC. I think the SEC uh, collectively has the second-best quarterbacks of any league going into the season. Uh, I think Nick Fitzgerald uh, is a long-shot Heisman guy. I think he's going to have a monster year. Obviously, Jalen Hurts 
coming back off an SEC Offensive Player of the Year campaign. Ethan, Drew Locke, Jake Bentley, uh, Austin Allen, Shea Patterson. This is a league with, with good quarterbacks for a change, and I think uh, it's going to make things a little bit more difficult for all those good SEC defensive players. Listen, Mike, I don't mean to stop on, on the very first thing you said, um, but, but I really need more definition on what, what is a long-shot Heisman candidate right? because uh, to win the Heisman, uh, you don't have to be a national championship contender. Usually uh, you do, but last year we saw that you didn't. But you certainly have to be somewhere somewhere in the conversation uh, by, by the time we get to late October, early November. Do you think Mississippi State is going to be in that conversation? That's that's obviously the question. I think Nick Fitzgerald could be a guy who puts up 45 or 4,600 yards of offense if he improves to be a 60% passer. But you're right, Mississippi State, they they got to win eight, nine games for him to be a, to be a, a candidate. I think they have the offense uh, to be a productive team this fall. The defense is the question. Um, Ty Grantham's defense, I'm not sure how good it's going to be, especially in the secondary. But I think Fitzgerald and the offense are going to do their part. Again, you put up 45, 4,600 yards of offense, you got a chance to be in the Heisman conversation. So let's talk about the other quarterbacks. Uh, certainly uh, he's high on your list. I mean, there are a lot of projected quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, you're right. Uh, that's what this is all about. But uh, let's, let's go through some of these and, and give us uh, the pros and cons of, of the various quarterbacks of an emerging group. All right. I think uh, – the, the completion percentage is something to, that, that, Fitz, that Fitzgerald's got to improve on. Easton has to improve on. Drew Locke has to improve on. All those guys were 55% or lower last year. Um, Easton's got the, the necessary skill set. Um, Drew Locke has an offense, second year under Josh Heupel. I think they're going to throw the heck out of the ball. Got a nice receiving core. If he gets the 60% completion rate, he could throw for 4,000. Now, talking about quarterback play in the SEC, and we're talking about uh, Nick Fitzgerald over at Mississippi State, you know, possible Heisman Trophy candidate if they can win enough games. And is Nick Fitzgerald the best quarterback in the SEC? We're going to go down the list of starters. Uh, you know, no Lynn Scarborough, the lonely edition. We got the Donut Man back in the studio. And, of course, we have those pillowy plucked delicious daylight donuts along with uh, John Tabor. But we'll look at the Bulldog schedule on the season, Mississippi State. And you'll get to see him in North Louisiana. You get to see Nick Fitzgerald. Now, John Tabor is going to argue that uh, Nick Fitzgerald's not even the best quarterback on Mississippi State's roster. And, and that the argument you have with us during the Look, break? I, I know what my eyes saw in the in the 5A state championship game. And the way Thompson just carved up West Monroe like, like a hot knife through butter. I saw an NFL player potentially out there. And, you know... I think going into in the fall camp, you know, Fitzgerald's obviously the man. He'll, he's got the experience and knows the playbook, and that may be the one factor that that, that we as, as fans don't see, you know, how, how well this young man can read a playbook. But going going forward, I, I just feel like the the talent that, that I saw from Thompson, man, that's – we'll see. Nah, so, it will be. Now, we're going to talk about Mississippi State's schedule uh, this season because – Talk about Nick Fitzgerald, if he's a possible Heisman Trophy candidate. And I'm going to go over all the starters, projected starters in the SEC. Of course, we're still looking for that, that uniform number, that number that you wore. But you look, and let's talk about the schedule for Mississippi State. Open the season up, and new defense coordinator Ty Grantham, I think it's going to be a healthy addition to that staff. But you've got open up with Charleston Southern. Now, you remember Ty Grantham because – 
He was a defensive coordinator that did the choke sign on the Florida kicker years ago. It was a 37-yard field goal, Florida kicker drilled it, Florida defeated Georgia. And, and he often gets asked about that, and uh, the defense coordinator for Mississippi State, but he will quick to tell you that the uh, Bulldogs won the next three meetings between the Gators. But you look at the schedule for Mississippi State. If Nick Fitzgerald is going to be a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate, open up with Charleston Southern, and then <clears throat> travel to Ruston to take on Louisiana Tech. And that one's going to be interesting because the last time the Bulldogs came, you may remember that, well, Sylvester Croom was the head coach as, as Mississippi State lost to Louisiana Tech. But you look at that schedule between Char uh, at Mississippi State's first two weeks, Charleston Southern and Louisiana Tech, then uh, host LSU, then travel to Georgia, then travel to Auburn, and then host BYU, and then host Kentucky, then travel to Texas A&M, then host UMass, then host Alabama, then travel to Arkansas, and then every year the Egg Bowl hosts out the season with Ole Miss. I'm going to tell you, that is not that easy of a schedule at all because of the road games that they have and the space and the timing of the home games that they have. I think you say, you know, you look and you heard that, you know, eight and four to be considered even in the running uh, for the Heisman Trophy. As you look, uh, many calling uh, Louisiana Tech victory in week two. Uh, certainly they'll defeat Charleston Southern. But if they're one and one after the first two weeks of the season, LSU, now hosting LSU, traveling to Georgia, traveling to Auburn, very easily you could look at Mississippi State one and four after the first five weeks of the season. Uh, and that, that's going to be tough, and I think that will uh, play in. So uh, with that schedule, um, maybe easy to go ahead and write Mr. Fitzgerald out of the Heisman Trophy. I mean, hey. You I, could uh, look at it that way. You could also okay, look right, at right, it now, as now four. You, look, you could okay. also say four and one, though. Okay, you look at that and you say, I, I don't they see. They start one and four. I'm calling for Keaton Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, you look at the schedule. Charleston Southern, you're going to give him a victory. Yeah. Okay, Louisiana Tech. I give him the win. Even though that's my two favorite teams, and so you say Mississippi State comes into Joy Stadium and defeats uh, the Battle of the Bulldogs. I think the Carnivorous so. Canines. I think so. And you look so uh, you're saying two and zero. Oh, then you uh, host LSU. That's gonna be tough. All right, you're giving them a loss to it. And, and I already jinxed them with the baseball team. I'm not gonna let Tabor beat me up on the football too. Yeah. <laughs> so and then you travel to Georgia. I think they can beat Georgia. And then you travel to oh, Auburn. They'll just destroy Auburn. Then they host BYU. <laughs> um, I'm telling you. BYU's going to be pretty good this year. Uh, but I think they'll win. I think they'll win. Uh, Kentucky, host Kentucky. Uh, so you look at that, you say Kentucky. This is football, not basketball. But I'm telling you, Stoops has Kentucky rolling. I mean, I'm a, you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm a Mississippi State. Uh, I know, only I know, only that's possible what loss that's I see asking. on there may be Alabama. Maybe. I think those pillowy plugs <laughs> got into your brain. <laughs> I'm a Mississippi State homer. Okay, but I you mean, got that's me like a, me asking you. As all, all I, no, no, I can look objectively at a schedule and say, hey, this is a loss. This is a win. Okay. You, you've I, lost your mind if you think that they're going 11-1 with that schedule. You have no, lost your mind. They're not. They're Na not. Name me one skill player on that offense because I can't. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the receiver left, so – Who's yeah, and, and, no, the receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I'm terrible with names. I can't remember his name. No, they've got Donald Gray. They do. Donald Gray's a good receiver. 
Who's the one that went to the in the draft? Went to the NFL. No, you're I'm the state guy. I'm drawing yeah, a blank. You're the state guy. I don't keep up with you, you bullies down there in Starville. <laughs> oh, I just see a six and six. I think you're about right. Dude. I, I'm going to lean the, to the, Tabor's the, side the, today. They'll win a game they shouldn't. They'll lose a game they shouldn't. And then they'll – it's got six and six written all over it to me. It certainly does to me. Your thoughts and opinions always welcome here on the Nick Brown Show. We're going to look at the quarterbacks. Is this the year that the SEC is on the upswing for starting quarterbacks? I think, honestly, I mean, looking now, I'm taking off any type of goggles. I think they're going to come in to what the stadium renovations over at Jaya Stadium, uh, what the end zone now brings to it. And I know you say, well, wait a minute. They're used to that every week in the SEC. I think it's going to be a rude awakening when they make their way over from Starville. Now, I think they'll do a little bit a different itinerary for travel. Sylvester Cream coming over the day of the game. I think they'll do that. They'll handle that differently, I think. But I really think that's going to be one because you look at uh, Louisiana Tech and you said, you know what, we've got an SEC team coming to our place. That doesn't happen. Now, I will say this about your Bulldogs in Starkville. They will go. And and that, that for me, in this day and age in college football, they've made their way down to Starkville, um, uh, to Mobile, Alabama, to play at Lab People's Stadium, to play the Jaguars, who's also on Louisiana Tech's schedule this season uh, at home. But I think that is going to be an electric uh, atmosphere over in North Louisiana, one that, uh, quite frankly, can't wait for it to be here and look for. But I think Louisiana Tech wins a battle of the Bulldogs that night. And I'm, you know, excited. See, when you talk about it, you look, you get to see the great talent. You are going to see Fitzgerald, one of the guys up for the Heisman. We'll get to see John Tabor touting, saying the number two guy is better than the number one guy. That's going to be an exciting uh electric atmosphere in North Louisiana and all of college football, but that's going to be September 9th. But I agree with Tabor. I'm looking more like 6-6, six and six, and I think you could see some swing games, possibly 8-4. and four. Uh, You know, don't see 11-1, and one, but, I mean, you should see that. Well, that's, that's just more of a hope than a see. My realistic goal, if they come and play, when, when they come and play Tech, they're looking at LSU, Georgia, and Auburn the next three weeks. It would be easy for them, especially if they have a big win against Charleston, to overlook Tech, and if they do, they will get beat. Yeah, but it's going to be, and you look at it, uh, I could go over the opponent's record, but you look at that really, that means nothing to me oh, when yeah. you see last To his season. point, that's a trap game and a half. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And, and you see that. So, I'm going to take those all things into consideration, but we're going to look, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Is it going to be a season on the upswing for SEC quarterbacks? Almost one hour down here on the Nick Brown Show. The coffee is great. Enjoying a nice breakfast blend from community. Certainly, Nick Brown Show is brought to you every Saturday morning by the great folks at Skip Russell State Farm. For all of your insurance needs, home, life, auto, even your 1975 International Harvester Travel Law, they've got a policy for you. Go see them on Reynolds Drive in Ruston, 255-5050. That's Russell State Farm, the official insurance of the Nick Brown Show. We'll be right back. <laughs> 